Welcome to the People First Podcast. Hello, all, and welcome to another edition of the People First Podcast. I'm your host today, Devin Williams, president and co-founder of People First Professionals. And today I am joined by Rick Reddington, who's a leadership alignment and professional presence coach and career strategist. Rick and I actually met at a previous life where he was my coach and truly not blowing smoke really helped me see my blind spots, even if I made it kind of difficult on him from time to time and, and helped me set new goals. Uh, this, so much came out of that relationship, which is why I'm so excited to have Rick joining us today to talk about something we'll get into in a minute. But Rick, thank you so much for making the time and joining us today. You are very welcome. It's great to be here. Yes, sir. So the topic for today that we're going to talk about, and it's near and dear to both of our hearts, and one of the reasons I think Rick and I had a connection uh, in the past life is this concept of creating a safe workplace environment. And that, that obviously is changing uh, every day with the new work from home and virtual dynamic, and, and we'll talk about that a bit. But I know this is a, a heavy topic on leaders' minds today. It's front and center in the news when we talk about emotional intelligence in the PFP world. You know, things like creating a safe environment is, uh, is something that commonly comes up. But I think, Rick, it's important before we get ahead of ourselves, if you could maybe help us center around what does it mean when we say, air quotes, a safe workplace environment? Like, what does that look like? What are some examples or some benefits? But with, with so many leaders and organizations that you've worked with, I think you've got probably a really credible an incredible background of, of stories and lessons and things that you've seen. So maybe we could start there, Rick. Like, what does it mean to you when we say a safe workplace? What does that look like? What are some examples? Okay, great, great way to get started. And of course, right off, we mean psychologically safe. So we're not going to be speaking to any uh, you know, workplace hazard issues or, or safety from that context, but rather in the safety and how do people feel in the environment? Um, do, do the interactions that occur up, down, and across the organization, do those feel, quote unquote, safe? And a, a psychologically safe environment typically is one where people, like, it's, they don't have to think about whether or not they are safe. It's a foregone conclusion. It's, a, it's an authentic environment. It's a place where people can, you know, another buzzword, bring, them, bring their whole selves to work. Uh, they don't have to you know, leave part of themselves at home. Um, it's an environment where folks truly collaborate as opposed to only share information they think they should be sharing or say things they think other people want to hear. So it's that, um, you know, like almost a, a melting pot metaphor, if you will, of different people coming together as who they are, but playing off of and leveraging all of those differences kind of for the, the group win, if you will. Yeah, that makes sense. And 
what do you think, you know, as we talk, you mentioned another buzzword, what do you think about safe work environment and the concept of inclusivity? Are those directly synonymous? Are they kind of Venn diagram with a bit of an overlap? Like how do you view when we talk about a safe workplace environment and this concept of inclusivity that we're seeing more and more uh, and it's really important and it's really critical, especially now that we focus on inclusivity. But how do you see those two different, similar, synonymous with one another for our, our listeners, if we can kind of break those up a bit as well? Sure. And that's, a, that's another great question. And again, more so than ever before in my professional career, um, the buzzwords are taking center stage. So inclusivity as opposed to diversity, equity as opposed to equality. They are different words and they do mean different things, but they all have to be at the table. So inclusivity goes way beyond what does my organization look like or what are the demographics of my organization? You know, do I have enough of like all the right types of different people? That's not inclusivity. Inclusivity is being welcome at the table 100% for who and what you are, not based on what you look like, uh, where you went to school, who you're married to, and none of those societal variables. So inclusivity is really a, a notch up, in my opinion, in this context, from diversity because it's sort of diversity in action. So we may have you know, an interesting looking mix of people at the table, but are they all equal at the table? Yeah, so I think if we're gonna strive to have a safe workplace, it needs to be inclusive and vice versa as well, but they are also separate things, but definitely tangential at a minimum to one another. So. The other thing that we talk a lot about, Rick, is leadership. And leadership is not bound by title. Uh, not holding a leadership title does not preclude you from being a leader. Now, your obligations as a leader, of course, vary and change based on title. But so when we think about leading from the front and we think about leadership as a title versus a act, or a characteristic. And we talk about creating a safe workplace or an inclusive workplace. What, what is, where does the responsibility lie? Is, is that something that is purely restricted to the obligation of the C-suite and the ELT staff to create a safe workplace? Or is it something that ultimately the entire organization carries varying levels of responsibility for? Let's start there, just from an ownership of creating and driving a safe workplace. From an individual contributor to an executive leader, where does the responsibility lie, in your opinion, especially when you think about the really successful, healthy organizations in this lens and perspective? Okay, that's an, another a great, a great question. Everyone is responsible for the nurturing and the creation and the endurance and the sustainability, survivability of a safe workplace. Just in the same way as everyone plays a role 
in the success of the organization, regardless of what that role is. You know, everyone is is necessary. Every oar in the water, if you will. Um, same same is true for creating a safe workplace. Now, if we look at the traditional, um, you know, hierarchy in the organization, starting with leadership, you know, at the top of the pyramid as a role, those people typically own and define both culture and inclusivity or psychologically safe workplaces. It begins with them. So um, they need to demonstrate and model way beyond whatever a, a statement around inclusivity or safety might be. And then trickling down from them, all of their direct reports need to also model similar behaviors, make sure that all of their teams feel that they are able to bring them whole selves to work, to show up authentically, to speak up, to share ideas, to you know, offer a contrary opinion, um, to even to challenge someone's perspective safely all without the fear of retribution. And, and that trickles all the way down. So even to the individual contributor, every individual contributor owns a piece of this safe environment by making sure that their behavior is also in line with those same principles or practices. So do they um, challenge their fellow coworker? Do they accept feedback? Do they encourage a dialogue that is both you know, supportive and challenging? Um, doesn't, doesn't matter what they do or, or where they are in the organization. That is the ripple effect of what is hopefully being modeled at the very highest level. Yeah, I think you, you said some things that really resonate with me and are very much in line with the conversations I have with people that are not in a leadership position by title, but they want to know how to get in, to get involved. And I think it's, it's analogous to what you said about leadership of they need to define, they need to model, they need to demonstrate. And I think as you work down the path, uh, the org chart structure, yes, maybe you may not be responsible for defining what culture looks like, what a safe workplace environment looks like, and how as a company we're going to achieve that. But you can still model that behavior and demonstrate that behavior. And more importantly, maybe not more importantly, but important as a leader, I would say selfishly, is that you speak up when it's not going right. Or when you see things that aren't emblematic or representative of how you know the company wants to conduct and hold themselves. Um, as an individual contributor, that is your that is one of your unique superpowers is the ability to illustrate real world examples and bring them to leadership when they might not always have that perspective or have that guidance. And uh, it's incredibly helpful. I speak as a leader and I put my leadership hat on. It's incredibly helpful and frankly something I reward when people speak up not simply to say something's working, but frankly, more importantly, when things aren't working, that you speak up and that you you raise your hand and you illustrate areas of, for improvement 
and give that feedback. It's incredibly valuable to leadership. So I'd encourage you to lean into that and to, to hear what Rick said. And so Rick, as we wrap up, I mentioned at the beginning, it's not the new normal. <laughs> we can't call it the new normal anymore. It, it is our normal. And our normal today is where a vast majority of the working population is working from their home. They're not going into an office. Uh, if they are, it's not nearly the same regular cadence that they had before. Uh, you know, I myself in a new organization am now bringing on individuals who I might not actually meet for months or longer, who knows? So this normal is here, it's here to stay. We're as, an, as a culture, as a workforce, we're gonna learn there's gonna be growing pains, but it's safe to say that going into an office every day, five days a week is not gonna be the normal going forward for most of us in the workforce today. So what are, what are some of the challenges that this current virtual work from home status, what are some of the challenges that you're seeing as you talk with uh, varying different folks in different companies and capacities? What are some of the new challenges and what are some of the things that as you think about kind of your examples of excellence, on, on people that are helping to create a safe workplace despite the virtual nature of the job today. What are some examples of greatness, some tips and tricks that maybe you've seen, or at least some common challenges that we are all running into in this virtual workplace as we try and create a safe place for our people? Okay, a great way to wrap up. And you know, as the saying goes, is it work from home or do we live at work? Yeah, fair, and fair. Different organizations um, are, are having a mixed experience with how their, uh, you know, how their team members would explain: is it option one or option two? And again, that that speaks to the safety of the organization. Um, it, you know, we're a bit more connected now than ever. Um, and that can be a, a double-edged sword. Um, you know, just because I'm online doesn't mean I'm at work. Uh, that was a bit, you know, the, that, those lines were more firmly drawn before because I was either in the office or not. So you knew if you reached out to someone at, you know, 8 p.m. in the evening, um, they were probably at home. So you were crossing that line. Um, one thing I always remind folks of right now is no one was prepared for this. No one has been down this road before. So while many attributes and behaviors from leadership, if you will, um, will translate into any environment, it's a little bit of a neutralizer to remind everyone that nobody here is an expert at, at this particular dynamic. No one knows exactly how to get work from home right the first time. So that, that gives people a, a little bit more room to make a mistake and a little bit more vulnerability and willingness to recognize, oh, right, just because they're in charge doesn't mean that they automatically knew how to do this thing or what the outcome would be. So, you know, concepts of you know, radical acceptance and resiliency pop up. You know, 
radical acceptance is just, you know what, accept where we are for what it is and you can't control it. We don't know when it's gonna be over, just, just let's move on together, right? And, and some folks have confused resiliency with endurance. That's not resilience. Although it's, you know, it's a buzzword we all hear now, now that we're working from home, we need to be more agile. We need to be more resilient. Great buzzwords, but we have to make sure if we're creating and nurturing safe environments that we also let people know what we mean when we throw buzzwords around. So you know, resiliency um, goes, I think, hand in hand with psychologically safe environments because it's, it's creating and nurturing an environment that says, give it your best. And if you make a mistake, it's okay. And we'll learn from whatever didn't go right. Because again, remember, none of us knew exactly how to do this. And together we'll learn. And the next time we'll have better tools and, and, and raised awareness around you know, making it right. So in these virtual environments um, before, and it wasn't necessarily what you see is what you get, but coworkers all the way up to leaders could walk around an organization and physically assess the climate. Maybe it was right, maybe it was wrong, but everyone was, was you know, in a similar environment and it was a bit more manageable. Now you've got folks in different, in completely different environments at home. Some are juggling childcare and, and virtual learning for their children. Some are in you know, cramped roommate type environments. Uh, some live with too many people, some live with not enough people. Um, so, so you've gotta be much more aware of that and, and recognize that it's not the homogenous you know, work pod that we all used to live in. So some of the things that I've seen um, be successful in this environment, again, remembering we're all learning how to do this together, but increasing the amount of like one-on-one -on -one time and small group time and decreasing, you know, death by Zoom meeting and forced socialization, right? Those were things that we tried initially because we were trying to kind of throw a blanket around everybody and make sure everybody was safe, but we've moved on from there. So now the, the focus needs to be back to, you know, what does the individual quote unquote need to be their best? So organizationally, um, you still want to do, you know, team building events and some shared accountability events. But more so than even in a, you know, in a work, physical workplace environment, you got to set some ground rules. So folks know, you know, are we expected to have our cameras on or off? What are the core work hours? Um, you know, if my situation is different from my coworker situation and the organization is saying it's okay as long as you get your work done, what does that really mean? So, you know, having ground rules around um, you know, expectations, uh, you know, number, uh, you know, core hours or the amount of time that, you know, should elapse between a question and an answer. If you're doing um, group projects, what does that look like? Um, and, and again, it kind of goes back to expectations and ground rules of making sure um, you don't have like 
covert groups or individuals meeting on the side because it would actually be easier to do that now and it would actually be easier to create very unsafe environments if um, the organization or the leader or individuals are tolerating that kind of behavior. So kind of going back to the expression, if you see something, say something, just like you mentioned before, as an individual moves up the organization, I sometimes describe that as moving into the balcony seats or ultimately the box seats. It is much harder to see what is going on down on the floor. When box is lovely, it, it removes you from you know, activity on the floor. So um, encouraging people to still be very authentic and, and very vulnerable and, and creating a safe space where folks are allowed to you know, show up for who and what they are, um, you know, that all opinions and perspectives are valued and limiting um, sort of that, um, you know, stuff on the side that can break down the safety of an organization. Yeah, there's so much goodness in what you just said, Rick. You know, frankly, we could probably do another few episodes, hint, hint, wink, wink, on uh, on some of the stuff you just talked about. But, you know, some of the things that really stood out for me is, as I kind of wrap up for our, our listeners here, you know, as a leader, be fallible, be empathetic, walk the walk, don't just talk the talk. Make sure that you're out there both actively seeking as well as providing opportunities for feedback that's protected and safe. And for everyone, we're in this together. Nobody's an expert at this environment. How could they be? And, and have empathy, patience, and understanding, uh, recognizing that you know, not everyone's situation is the same, uh, nor could it be in this environment. And, and the last piece that you, you spoke on a few times for leaders is set expectations. Set expectations so that everybody's working off that same sheet of music and they understand what's expected of them uh, how they're going to be measured in this this virtual world uh, so that they know that it's okay to not respond within two minutes to that email at 8 p.m., even though they're at home. Um, set those standards, set those expectations, and to everyone, have patience and understanding to our fellow folks out there, our coworkers, our customers alike. But Rick, thank you so much. Uh, no surprise at all, but what a great session. You have so much valuable insight. You've seen so much from your very unique uh, perch. And we really appreciate uh, what you brought today and what you bring to the community in general. So thank you so much for being a part of it today. You are very welcome. It's my pleasure. All right. Well, folks, that wraps another edition of People First Podcasts. Be sure to tune in wherever you get your podcasts or check out peoplefirstprofessionals.org where we'll be updating these regularly. And be sure to check out our new online community with our Slack feature. You can sign up at peoplefirstprofessionals.org. Until next time, thank you so much. Stay tuned. Stay good. Talk soon.